What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texas All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst. Had a great hour with Coach Cully on the Coach Cully Show just prior, and glad you're with me. Warm, dry, sunny, not like it was yesterday, but I'll tell you this. I go back and relive that day 366 out of 365 every single day of the week. If when zeros hit the clock, the Texans have more points than the Titans. That, my friends, was absolutely awesome to walk off the field yesterday at Nissan Stadium. Last time we were on the field was 2019. We won that game, too. Had a couple of soul crushers. Last year's not a fun game, but was up in the stands, which was kind of weird. But yesterday, seeing the joy of the guys walking in the locker room, the smiles, the hugs, the handshakes, and everything was just an absolute joy to see yesterday in Nashville, 22 to 13. Look, it's never pretty. Um, but I don't, but who cares? <laughs> when, when they start having a column for pretty wins versus wins versus losses versus pretty losses, uh, they don't worry about it. But aesthetics, nah, don't care. Texans had more points than the Titans, and that's all that mattered on that day. So we'll celebrate a little bit more tonight, talking to our pal Andre Ware in just a second, and also the general John McClain. Then we'll bounce around the NFL and Find out what happened in games that were going on. And I said this a few times during the broadcast and during Texas Monday this morning. Talking about I couldn't, I couldn't, my hands, I couldn't feel anything. My hands were soaked. I couldn't get to my phone. My phone was just getting soaked. So I had no idea what was going on throughout the NFL until I got on the bus and I'm just rifling through. I'm like, Jonathan Taylor did what? The Colts are beating the Bills by what? And I'll say Francisco's taking business, taking care of business against Jacksonville. So in some sense, it was a good day. Some were kind of like, what just happened? And a few teams that are definitely on the ropes, including one in Las Vegas after three L's in a row. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Right now, it's time for our friend Andre Ware to join the show. Your thoughts on it. Your thoughts on it a day later. What you saw, defense, offense, the general feel of it. Looking at it, when you look back and you go through through the stat sheet, there's no way the Texans should have won this game. I mean, they were... Third downs, they lost there. Total yards, it was Tennessee 420, Texans 190. Um, passing yards, 317 to 107. Rushing yards, 103 to 83. And then time of possession, they lost there. But the turnovers are the great equalizer in this game. And so when you get two inside the 10-yard line and then uh, five all day, that that's going to win you a lot of football games or keep you in a lot of football games, and that's what it was. That's exactly what you could point to, the defense doing its job, bending but don't not breaking. And it was it was fun to watch in a, uh, a big downpour uh, there in Nashville. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Rainy day sitting at home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dre, Tyra Taylor, you have played the quarterback position. You've played in all kinds of weather. You know how difficult that was yesterday for Tyrod. And second half was definitely not a masterpiece. But what he was able to do to bounce back after Miami, what did you think of that? How he uh, – he won't say he redeemed himself, but I used those words in my article this morning. He sort of had a little bit of redemption because the game at Miami was just so unlike him. But he came up with big plays at big times yesterday. What was your overall thought about what Tyrod brought to not just the offense but the entire team yesterday? Yeah, that's just kind of how life is. I mean, it's all about timing, right place, right time, right situation at the right time. And and uh, yesterday was 
was was a time for him where he didn't turn the ball over. And you know, you look at a guy that uh, people look at in a in a very and hold a lot of respect for in Ryan Tannehill, and he turns it over four times. And so when when you when you have that, yeah, it's sort of a redemption because would Tyra turn it over three times in Miami, and uh, against that football, this against any team in the NFL, you turn it over a bunch. As the Titans did yesterday, they are uh, they're going to lose a bunch of ball games. And so the Texans took full advantage of the turnovers. Uh, I think almost all of them led to to points of some sort. And it uh, at the end of the day, you look at the scoreboard and it, it spells twenty two thirteen. It's it was uh, I don't know about a redemption, but uh, certainly he managed it well yesterday in some some pretty poor conditions. Yeah, and the ability to sacrifice the body, Andre the. Passing game not clicking, running game right. certainly not clicking, quite the opposite. But he knew he had to put it on his shoulders a couple of times, and he did that. Yeah, I mean, there are certain instances in a game where, you know, you want your quarterback to protect himself certainly and live to fight the next down. And then there are certain instances, especially later in the game or in scoring situations where you got to lay out and, uh, and, and reach for the goal line. You know you're going to take a hit, but if you're sacrificing for the team's success and uh, and I thought he played he did that yesterday he played that way he was smart with the football uh, efficient at times when he needed to be when it was really coming down and uh, and, and I think that that's what led this team to uh, to a victory that along with and I'll say it again the defense's performance was just sick yesterday it was fun to watch uh, and I'm glad it was our defense and not theirs Dre came up with a theory we talked about it during the breaks and on the air, and it was, I thought, maybe the biggest mystery of the game. And it was like Carmen San Diego, that game we used to all play on our computers when we were kids. Where mm. is Deontay Foreman? Mm. And I came up with a theory. I'm going to bounce I bounced it off okay. Clark. I'm going to bounce it off you. So Foreman's rolling on that drive, right? I have a theory that Foreman came out of the game, was a little bit, tired, not quite all the way there. And Vrabel looked at him like, you're asking out of the game now? You're killing these guys. This is a team that cut you. Move on. And, and Vrabel just got up in his feelings on it and then didn't go back to him. That's my theory. What are your thoughts about how crazy that theory is? Yeah, it's, I mean, it seems logical. I just, you know, I, I find it hard that he would even ask out of the game. And I know they were – they were substituting here. Here's what made in my world of conspiracy theory uh, works. I, I think he, in the course of substituting, and this is on coaches and whether it's assistants or the head coach or whomever, but when he's going like that, they were substituting. And then I think he got substituted for, and they just forgot about him. Uh, he's a new, new guy there, but he was chew at the time he came out, he was chewing the defense up on the run or in the run game. And I think they just substituted, forgot about him, got in a series of plays or personnel packages that didn't include him. And, uh, and he sat for what, two plus quarters before yep. he came back in ice cold in the fourth quarter. And they're expecting him to, uh, to create the same magic that he had earlier on in the game and not after sitting two and a half quarters. So I think that it, I, I would think it's more of that along those lines than it would be, that he checked himself out of the game because there's, you know, you want to play against the team that, that let you go, that, uh, that cut you. And I don't know that Deontay would, would check himself out at any point. They'd have to pull him out.
Well, you can understand if he wasn't in the most fantastic shape ever. But he because looks no great. training camp. He, he did he, look he, good. He, he, My he looks, God. But he always looks good, doesn't he? No, he, no, no, no One no, of the years no. he looked bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he doesn't always look good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I was a little surprised about that, and they pressed that Adrian Peterson button a lot, but it might be a button you might not want to press that often anymore. I'm not so sure it's going to work out. Look, he had nine carries for 40 and a 4.4 average, but we all know what we saw yesterday, a long of 16. When you get a 16-yard pop, you're thinking, okay, great, he's back, but it doesn't seem like he's back, and it's a lot to ask for. You're talking about one of the top five guys all time. He's 45 years old or whatever. Yeah, that that uh, that burst just didn't there like it used to be. And I mean, even when he broke for the sixteen, an older version of himself might have housed it, you know, on a couple of occasions. But you know, all of a sudden it's there and it's not. The other backs, Hilliard and Foreman, uh, in my opinion, just looked better. I mean, they did. They hit the hole better. They showed tremendous quickness. Hilliard, I think, is has kind of carved himself uh, a place there in Tennessee. He's going to be there for a while. I think. Deontay Foreman, if all is right in uh, between his ears, um, they can. Those are two that they could actually go to go to games with uh, and and win. And provided Tannehill doesn't turn the football over four times or however many, you know, however many going forward, uh, they've got a chance to win with those two backs and, and a quarterback that doesn't turn it over. Now, the injuries have injuries have killed them. They've worn them out. Yeah. I mean, no Julio Jones, and then. Uh, AJ Brown leaves the game at at, at some point. That's uh, it's it's absolutely wearing that team out. That's the bigger one to me because Jones hasn't done anything for them, and I think that was all speculation. But Brown has been really good. Look, we've seen the development. He's a weapon, and to not have him and Des King with the hit on the sideline that was really yeah. great because it was it was legal and it was opportunistic and it caused them to leave the game. I watched him for, I think it was the next two, maybe three plays. He was on a knee with his helmet off. Mm. I, I, I was yep. listening and I was watching the play. was kind of going on through my view. I could see him on a knee with his helmet off. They never gave any indication. The first time when he hurt his hand, before the end of the series, they put up on the board, A.J. Brown, questionable hand. Wow. With this, they didn't put anything on the board or make any mention of A.J. Brown at that particular point. But I had a feeling like he's not hes not coming back into that. He's not coming back into this one. You know, I, J- Dave McGinnis does the color for Titans Radio. I talked to him before the game. They were more concerned about McNichols not being available because yeah. he's their third down guy. Yep. He's a really good pass protector. And they also thought the loss of Swain. And, Dre, you talked about Jonu Smith not being in Tennessee anymore. And now you have Swain out. Not that they're the same kind of guy, but you do chip away. Look, the Texans, uh, no one's going to sing the blues for the Titans because the Texans are without a ton of people. We don't need to go there. But it's just as far as the Titans situation goes with the top record in the AFC. And they got to go to New England next week. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't pick Tennessee in that game. Uh, going to New England, not under the current uh, circumstances in which they're operating. And who knows if AJ Brown's back? You just mentioned mentioned Swain. Uh, if they're they are in love with that that Adrian Peterson, but because you know he comes in, he he's got a name. He's probably flashing in practice, uh, but practice is nothing like the game. You know, he's housing every run and so on and so forth, showing that he's in good shape, but he just doesn't have the burst that he had. So 
they're shorthanded right now. And, and I don't know when Julio Jones will be, will be back. Who knows there? So shorthanded going on the road against a team that's, uh, that you could say is one of the hotter teams in the AFC right now. What have they ripped off like five in a row or so? It's uh that's that's a tough order for Tennessee to uh to to ask to go in and win there. So I don't uh I don't I don't like the Titans in that one next week. So I was coming back out before the game. I'd walked down back behind the end zone that Fairbairn hit the field goal. And the Titans were doing a lot of individual workouts and such. Uh, with our guy Brian Bell, who used to be here with the Texans. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing some workouts, and now all of them had gone back in the locker room. And they had the the uh, ropes, the ladder ropes. Yeah. You, I mean, you've done mm-hmm. those, Dre, a million times, the ladder ropes. Yeah. And there's a guy yeah. there's a guy standing there, like kind of kind of bending down a little bit. I don't know if he's kind of fixing or he's stretching a little bit. And I'm like, I, I, I honestly, I, I said to myself, why why is a coach going to go through these this rope ladder? And I was walking past. I didn't stop and look. But I was like, why is a coach? Because this guy kind of looked a little older, I mean, almost a little gray in his, in his, uh, on his chin. And I thought, man, it's pretty diehard coaches. And then I hear these kids start screaming behind me. And I think they're saying Peyton, Peyton. But they were screaming AP, AP. That guy was Adrian Peterson. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. I just thought that guy was a 40-something-year-old coach. And then I'm like, that's Adrian Peterson, which, A, he was in tremendous shape. But, B, it just – I mean, you don't you don't think about it. And I, the, the age for a running back is – I mean, you know, you get to the age of 30 and guys are like eh, – Well, he's that, 36. He's 36. Yeah. And it's, it's probably time. But then it hit me. He was a freshman superstar in 2004. A lot of wear and tear. That was 17 years ago. Yeah. And He's I'm sure, Johnny, he, I'm sure he can go through all the drills as he used to. He yeah. Can go, you know, all, it's there going through practice and, you know, the ladder and the, all that you described. <clears throat> but when you get in the game, it's a different deal. Yep. It's, you know, other guys are just a little bit faster to you than they used to be because now you've slowed down a little bit. And every, every handoff, I thought for sure we were going to collect the safety when they were, you know, uh, yeah. back with Tannehill scrambling and so on and so forth. But, with, with Adrian, it's always got to be a cut first. It's always the ball, and let me cut, as opposed to just kind of hitting it. And uh, that's what they get from the other two, and Deontay and Hilliard. Um, it's just a different look. And, and guys, when you have backs that hit it, they don't have to hold their blocks long. So the running game looks a whole lot better with the other two than it does with Adrian Peterson right now, just how it is. Dre, we asked this question of John McClain earlier, and – I mean, I think it's. I think my answer to this question has changed all th- throughout the last eight nine weeks. Who's the best team in the AFC right now? You got to take a hundred bucks, both you guys. You got to take a hundred bucks and go to Vegas because you're watching a Raiders game for some reason. You stop by one of those. Uh, you stop by Caesars. Caesars Rewards for everywhere you play. Yeah. And you got to put a hundred bucks on an AFC team. Which one you putting on to win the AFC? And which team's got the best chance to win a Super Bowl out of the AFC? Go ahead, Ray. Oh, man. Uh, I can go first if you want me to. Go ahead. Cause that, that's All right, a, I'll take the Chiefs. I'll take one. the Chiefs. Look, they're playing yeah. better defensively. I think that the offense at any given moment can explode. They might not, but at any given moment they can explode. I can't believe in Buffalo right now. I can't believe in Baltimore. That was nice yesterday seeing them win without Lamar. 
just carve out a win in any way, shape, or form on the road. That yep. was pretty cool for them. Everyone's kind of the, – the Patriot media disturbs me because they're just – gushing <laughs> oh Belichick's a genius because look at them now I mean look I'm just jealous I hate them you know how much I hate that team uh but I can't trust them in a big situation just yet Mac Jones is doing a good job pecking people to death with that short and medium range passing game and good for them it's working but I can't believe in them yet they play pretty good defense I'm going to go Chiefs. Look, the Chargers, I can't believe in them after they did everything they possibly could to lose the game last night. And then the Steelers, for some reason, give up a wide-open touchdown after they seize control of the game, or I guess they didn't have control. I don't know. I'm going to go Chiefs, Dre. They have the track record. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you um, because I think teams that can run the football are willing, that are willing to stay with the run, eventually crack the Chiefs' armor. And so I, I just don't see it. And they're about an injury away from uh, from really being ordinary. I think it's, to me right now, it would be the Ravens because they have won tough games. They are proven uh, under pressure. Um, when, when they're when they're hot, finally healthy and cooking uh, and Lamar's in the lineup, they are tough to beat. And then yesterday they go on the road. Yeah, it's the Bears, but it's on the road without your starting quarterback. Then they find a way to win defensively you know that you're going to get their best every week and they're going to they'll get after you on that side of the ball so for me it would be the Ravens right now sitting at seven and three I think a second team would be the Patriots because until you stop that short passing game that's how Brady made his living or you know for a yeah. very very long long period yeah. of time Mac Jones has kind of picked up the torch and taken off and run with it uh and you know they're going to be sound every single week on defense so uh, they got a little mix of running game in there, a quarterback that's taking care of the football, and a defense that, uh, that I mean, an offense that's just good enough. So that they're going to be a tough out. So those two gonna, would be mine, Baltimore and New England right now. I'm going to blow both of your minds with my wild card pick. Okay. The Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis yeah, would, Colts. I can't argue with you. I know it. Yep. I don't know that it, I trust Carson Wentz. I mean, we, we were just talking about that. I don't know that you can always – you know, every one of these teams, you don't know that you can fully trust exactly right. what you see. But Carson Wentz, uh, but my goodness. I don't JT trust them. JT28, JT28 with that offensive line. Oh, my mm. God. Here's what they what, did to Buffalo yesterday was just ruthless. Here's what upsets me about, about Taylor. Everyone's talking about Taylor should be the MVP, should be an MVP candidate. Okay, good for him. Where was this with Derrick Henry last year? When Derrick Henry should have been the MVP, should have been the MVP. And look, I hate arguing for anything Titan, right? I hate that, but (laughs) I do. (laughs) But it's kind of, you know, Derrick Henry kind of paved the way, if you will, for this short range for now, Jonathan Taylor MVP conversation. Well, it's helping that. It's why I can't, I can't go Indianapolis because I know Wentz. And right. and Wentz will figure out a way to to ruin the soup somehow. I mean, it's cooking nice and good. And he will figure out a way to put too much salt in it or something. And he needs some paprika. It, it just happens. I don't know why it happens, but it just happens. So I look there because of the way they're playing right now, because of the way Jonathan Taylor's going. But I just know that that Wentz is in the mix somehow, and he, he's going to ruin the soup. Quarterback most likely to put salt in the soup instead of sugar or vice versa, Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah, left-handed pass yeah, intercepted. Yeah. It'll, line. it'll yeah. happen. That's it'll good. happen. You're right. I just, man, 
if you want to take someone's soul, you want to snatch somebody's soul, just run, run game in Indy is like, hmm. yeah, that's not good. Uh, all right, Dre, you've done games for the Cougs and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Who yeah. wins? Who wins that championship? <laughs> oh, you just put me right on the right. No, on the well, spot, all right, huh? well, all right. Never mind the uh, prediction, but get, but give me what the Cougs need to do to pull off an upset in that game. Not turn the ball over first and foremost. I think they're going to end up in in Cincinnati uh, for this game because if since I have the Cincinnati East Carolina game this week, so I'll see Cincinnati again. Um, mm-hmm. But and I think I think they're favored, and I think they'll go on the road and win that game. Now, if they win, the Cougs go to Cincinnati for the American Championship game. If they lose, Cincinnati comes to Houston. But they can't turn the ball over. They can't have moments and lapses like they had the other day in the third quarter where they had five penalties for 82 yards and just played undisciplined against, um, you know, a decent Memphis team. But if that's Cincinnati, Cincinnati rings you up and it becomes touchdowns. Uh, Desmond Ritter is the best quarterback they'll face this year. This is the best team by far that they'll face. And I'm talking, you know, I'm going all the way back to the opener against Texas Tech. Texas Tech's not as good as Cincinnati. They're not in, even in the neighborhood, on the block, in the area, uh, area code for that matter. This is a complete team on defense. Much like the Cougars, they're going to play a lot of players on the defensive side of the ball. They'll play as many – Cougs play as many as 30. Uh, they'll be upwards of about 25, 28 players on that side, so they stay fresh for four quarters. And then offensively uh, – and, and let, me, let me back up. They've got two corners that are going to play pro football. So you got to beat them. Sauce on one side and then Kobe Bryant on the other side. Sauce is going to be a first-round pick. Kobe Bryant is not far behind it. It's the best corner combination of any team in college football at Cincinnati, and it's why they can shut you down. So the Nathaniel Dell, as much as I admire him, this is going to be a test for him. It's going to be a test for Singleton on the outside for the Cougs. Uh, every receiver involved because they can just cover from across the board. And then offensively, uh, Jerome Ford, the transfer from Alabama, that, him at running back, is a grown man. He reminds me so much of Frank Gore. It's sick. I mean, that's the comparison I give him because he runs so hard. He's so hard to bring down. Uh, but the Cougs, they, get, they, they have a chance, man, because of the way they're playing defense. They get to the passer with just the front four. This will be a great, great football game. Cincinnati can make it to the playoff, can't they, Dre? Come on. They can crack <clears> through. <throat> They're the ones. They can do it. They beat Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's going good right now. See how I let him go on, Johnny? I know. <laughs> only, you let him only, walk right only, into it. Only, only to tell him no. <laughs> do they deserve to be there? Absolutely, they deserve the shot to be there. Absolutely. But they won't because of the way it's set up. And somebody from behind them will jump them uh, at the la- at, in the final week or so. It happened to TCU, right? Yeah. They were ranked way up. All of a sudden, they weren't in the top four anymore. It's going to happen. It's the same same thing's going to happen to Cincinnati because of everybody saying straight the schedule when they've gone on the road and beat Indiana, gone on the road and beat Notre Dame, a team that's right behind them, and uh, anybody and almost beat Georgia. Should have beaten Georgia in the uh, in the uh, Peach Bowl last year. But, but if the committee yeah. enables Notre Dame to jump Cincinnati, I mean that's that's what the the big fly in the ointment here. Commit, it's like a Jeff Goldblum sized fly. They're blind this year. They had Michigan ranked ahead of uh, Michigan State at one point, oh, and no. uh, and they beat them. 
at, at their place. So I mean, college it, football. I don't know what oh. what the what in the heck's going on in that committee room when they're voting, but I need in there. I need an invite. <laughs> yes, you. I could get. You right I now. could get. I alone could get Cincinnati in. As soon as you use the words "the committee," stop. Just that. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. That's all you have to say. All right, Dre. Thanks so much for the time. All right, guys. We'll talk later. There he is, Andre Ware, and I know I'm a huge fan of Andre, and I know he's got plenty of fans out there, and I know we've got some tremendous fans out there today, but i got to give some props to today's biggest fan, and that's Daikin. These guys are doing big things in Houston. From comfort and convenience to air quality, Daikin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future. Reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050 as the world's number one air conditioning company, Daikin, is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. Learn more at perfectingtheair.com. Coming up next... It's our segment presented by Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of your Houston Texans. The General John McClain stops by to give us his take on what he saw in Nashville. Next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans. Welcome back to this Monday night edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter. And this segment is brought to you by my friends at Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of your Houston Texans, which means it is time to talk to the general, John McClain. Yes, he's a national legend, but obviously he's a bigger legend here in Houston. So he had plenty of thoughts about this 22-13 win over the Tennessee Titans. General, a day later, your thoughts on what you saw yesterday in Nashville. Uh, it was a shocking upset, of course, and uh, the Titans were had won six in a row, five in a row for teams that went to the playoffs last year. They were 7-0 and in all against teams that were in the playoffs. And even though they had a lot of injuries, they still had 10 held great defense. And to me, uh, the unsung heroes were the offensive line, not because of the run blocking, because Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Danico Autry, who had 10, 7.5, and, and 5 sacks, did not get a sack in this game. I don't know how many times Tyrod was knocked down. You know, they they knocked down the, the uh, Texans defense, knocked down Ryan Tannehill eight times and sacked him twice. But the much maligned offensive line, going up against those three, if you could have found anybody to make a bet that they would have held the Titans sackless, nobody would have taken that because the Titans defense was playing great. And they played really well in this game. But keeping them off of Taylor, some of that was because of Taylor's mobility. Both touchdowns were where he uh, couldn't find a receiver. I thought the offensive line, those guys deserve recognition along with the defense. And people say, well, Lovey Smith's defense had five turnovers. No, it had four. And Tremont Smith had that uh, fumble recovery on the punt. You don't see many teams that have won two games that are plus two in turnover differential, and only three teams have forced more turnovers than the Texans have. That's Indianapolis, it's plus 15, Buffalo plus 10, and New England plus 6, and the Texans are tied for fourth. Wait, the Colts are plus 15? Plus 15, they forced 25 turnovers. That's the most in the league. And they got the best running back in the league right now, Jonathan Taylor. Which, uh, yeah, good luck, good luck stopping stopping that guy. Now that the train has left the station, John, you mentioned the offensive line, no sacks, 
one quarterback hit, and that actually was Elijah Molden who came on a blitz and hit Tyrod in the back of the end zone. That was the only quarterback hit that they had on the day. They held the ball, uh, didn't give it up, which is something that was different from Miami. But, John, that defense, let's talk about Lovey Smith's defense. With those four turnovers, um, four interceptions, the way Ryan Tannehill struggled, there's no Derrick Henry, and obviously Tennessee is different without Derrick Henry. They're not taking anything away. And then A.J. Brown went out of the game. Just overall 30,000-foot view, general's gut reaction to the defense and how it played overall. Two games in a row, defense has played great. It's given up 15 points a game in the last two games, and it's got the Jets coming to town. I guess Joe Flacco, he played well yesterday, even though they got beat by Miami. I'm assuming he'll be the quarterback again. I don't. I haven't seen anything that Zach Wilson will be healthy. So they've got a chance three games in a row to have big games. And the uh, it's interesting because they didn't have Jonathan Bernard. Uh, Jordan Jenkins went down with a torn knee ligament. And so they were missing people. Christian Kirksey's still out. The player that, that I wrote about today was Desmond King playing outside who was with the Titans last year, and they didn't re-sign him. And I'm guessing last night they wish they'd re-sign him because he had two interceptions, including that great one at the one-yard line in which he took the ball away from Fitzpatrick. And then the other one, he had a 25-yard return. Looked like he was returning a punt to set them up uh, to win the game to secure the victory. So those were big. And then Terrence Mitchell's at the end. You know, when you have three or four interceptions in the fourth quarter against an offense, and yes, Henry was out, A.J. Brown was out, but in the last three games, the Titans had averaged 39.5 points a game against the Texans. And yesterday they had 13. So it was a tremendous performance by the defense that just keeps seeming to get better. Yoke Gennard is back. Uh, but those linemen, you know, those guys overall have done a really good job. And uh, two sacks yesterday. I thought the secondary with the interceptions, knocking down some passes, played its best game. And we got to talk about special teams. Not only Tremont Smith getting that uh, fumbled punt, but Cam- Cameron Johnson had five punts inside 20, and that was in the rain. And he had a net. I always look at the net. His net was 41. It was 43 going in. And Desmond King had one return for 10 yards, and their coverages were good. So I thought the special teams are we're all talking about the defense and Tyrod Taylor's two rushing touchdowns because, you know, I thought they might stop the game and give Tyrod the game ball after he scored the first touchdown in two days more than two months. Friday was the two-month anniversary of the last one. But the special teams did a really good job. And when you're going to upset a team that's got the best record in the conference and tied for the best in the league, you're not going to just do it with one of the three areas. you got to have all three, and they did. You know, they still can't run the ball. I don't think any of us expects them to run again. But having Tyrod in there, it makes you wonder, if he'd have been in there all year, he now has three rushing touchdowns, He's about to play his first game in Houston since Jacksonville. And as somebody yep. pointed out, somebody said, "Way well, hey, we're two and one in the division. Yeah, and Tyrod's two and one as a starter. So I would expect him to throw the ball a whole lot better at NRG Stadium than he did yesterday where he really struggled. But he puts heat on that defense with his mobility, and we all knew he would. 
And so the Jets are going to have problems trying to keep up with him. Their defense is number – they're 32nd in the league. The Texans will see the Titans again last game of the regular season, January 9th at NRG Stadium, General. Titans still have the best record in the conference, as you mentioned. They'll play the Patriots this week. What do you think here of that matchup? The league is so strange right now. It feels like these teams that vault out to good records or really seem to establish themselves as leaders in their division or conference contenders – They'll have a stinker game or two thrown in. It's a very strange situation throughout the entire league. Titans have a lot of injuries. They've already played more players than any team has ever played. And that's with all these games left. They need a bye week. It's late. But after the way they looked yesterday, where the running game started fast, ended up with 103 yards, and, uh, you know, they ripped off three 16-yard runs, which I was kind of surprised because the Texans have played great run defense against Miami. But they got problems. Marcus Johnson, another receiver, he went out as well. So they're, they're you know, the Patriots are now in first place in the AFC East. Buffalo is just embarrassed at home by the Colts. That's the first time the Colts have beaten a good team. And my goodness, five touchdowns by Jonathan Taylor, including four rushing. They're putting it all together all of a sudden. Carson Wentz didn't have to win it. But they're two games behind the Titans, and the way they're playing compared to the way the Titans are playing because of injuries, they might catch them. They were talking in the press box yesterday about Derrick Henry definitely being able to return. He's not going to return for the Texans game, uh, but I could, they think there's a chance he could return for the playoffs. And maybe they would play him in that Texans game if they needed to win. I thought he was done for the year, but they seem to think he's not. John, are the Chiefs the chalk in the AFC right now? After what you saw yesterday from the Titans, what you look at throughout the league, the way the Bills have played or not played, are the Chiefs again the top team in the AFC? They've won four in a row. They they play great defense. You know, they're – their offense had a great game last week in which Mahomes threw five touchdown passes and they and they had uh, four, he threw for over 400 yards and five touchdown passes. So I'd say uh, they're on a roll. You know, New England's on a roll. I still can't take them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender with a rookie quarterback. But Kansas City, uh, they're, they're now – the Chargers won a great game last night. Raiders have gone straight down the toilet. Broncos are mediocre. You know, the Ravens are 7-3. and three, and But if I had to pick a team right now that I thought was going to represent the, the AFC in the Super Bowl, I would pick the Chiefs, although it's rare to have a team do that three consecutive years. But they are peaking. Now, we got a long way to go. Yeah. But they have definitely turned it around. And if their defense plays the way it played yesterday, they got a chance to go to another Super Bowl. What about NFC? Arizona? Oh, man. Arizona's won two of three with Colt McCoy at quarterback. You know, who would have thunk it? I certainly wouldn't. Wouldn't have. Seattle, boy, they're really struggling. Russell Wilson is really struggling. And Green Bay just lost its second game. And Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury that he says is worse than turf toe. Cowboys stunk it up. You know, the Cardinals right now, they're a half game ahead of the Packers. 
And we can't rule out the Buccaneers. At this time last year, the Buccaneers were just starting to put it together. But I think they have more balance at the top than the AFC does right now. General, where are you with the Texans winning and those who say, well, you want a great draft choice, whatever. Where do you stand in all that? Well, I'm one of those who said, you want a great draft choice or whatever? Because... (laughs) Uh, I, I was writing about that last week, but nothing supplants winning. And I was so happy for David Cully. I tried to get him when he came into the interview room to talk about how much it meant for him to win in his home state. Sparta, Tennessee, two, two, not quite two hours from Nashville. He played quarterback at Vanderbilt. He had family and friends at the game, but he wanted to talk about the players. And I thought he might have gotten a game ball. We asked Tyrod Taylor. How come he didn't get a game ball? And he said, well, the leadership council would be talking about something special for, for Coach uh, Cully. But you know it meant a lot to him. And he'd been getting a lot of heat. I was happy for him because you guys know that David Cully is a great guy. I mean, he's honest. He's upbeat. He is just a good man. I've been told that by people from everywhere he works. So I was happy for him, happy for the players because nothing beats winning. You know, I'm, I I get tired of them looking the thesaurus for negative uh, adjectives. You'd think I'd know them by now. It was fun to write a positive story for the first time since Jacksonville. And, and the New England was positive because of Davis Mills. And now with the Jets coming, I think like Cully has said all along, you, you play to win. That's why they went back to Tyrod. Nothing beats winning. And if you make your picks right, and you know what? Nick Serio's never picked high. You wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. Only the general could put it in those terms. There's John McClain. We had a blast talking to him, as we always do. Now, John was not a teacher, but I once was. And whenever I was teaching, I used all the teacher's aids that I could find, things that could help me in the classroom. I always, yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Now, this is at times before the Internet, so... Sometimes had to rely on books and notebooks and writing things down and reading magazines. Now you can find things online, as in HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. You want to help your third, fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom? Well, ConocoPhillips has got you covered with Toro's Math Drills. HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. Bring it to your classroom. It will help. I guarantee it. All right, we get back. We're going to go around the NFL, including some news out of New Orleans. A saint has gotten some money. How much? Well, that depends. We'll talk about that next right here on Texans All Access. It's Monday night, so that means Monday night football on ESPN. That's going to be the New York Giants traveling to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what better way to enjoy Monday Night Football than with Miller Lite. It's a true Texas original since being first brewed in Texas in 1975. That's first brewed, as in first brewed anywhere in the United States. That's right. Miller Lite was first brewed right here in Texas in 1975. And on a Monday night, bring Texas into your Monday Night Football watching. 
Miller Lite championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste for only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer with great taste delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash online and find the delivery options near you. Miller Lite, the original light beer is celebrating 20 seasons of the Houston Texans. Check out the limited edition 16-ounce commemorative cans at your nearest beer store. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, as you take in a few Miller Lights tonight, well, here's a little news to go along with it. If you are a Saints fan or just a football fan, the Saints have agreed to an extension with Taysom Hill. Uh, part quarterback, part running back, part wide receiver, part H-back, part fullback, part everything. I mean, he is the ultimate Swiss Army knife. He signed a four-year, $40 million extension. But that's not all. That $40 million can go up to $55 million if he eventually takes over as the starting quarterback in the next four seasons. So if he takes over... He's going to make $55 million. If he doesn't, he's going to have that four-year, $40 million extension. Very unique. Never seen that, but he's a very unique player, so uh, not totally surprised. Elton Jenkins, tackle, pro bowler for the Packers, out for the season with torn ACL. David Bakhtiari's not all the way back. This could be a problem for the Packers. Speaking of contracts, Denver Broncos handed one out, too, to Cortland Sutton. Four years, $60.8 million. That's just a few days after they locked up Tim Patrick, fellow Bronco wide receiver. And they still have got Jerry Judy on his rookie contract and K.J. Hamler on the same. George Patton just spent three years, 34.5 on Patrick. And now this $60.8 million on Cortland Sutton. Of that 60.8, 34.9 million guarantee. Cortland Sutton going to be around. He is a stud, stud receiver no doubt he's a receiver Elton Jenkins being out for the Packers is ye man bad 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 Justin Fields looks like he's gonna have some bruised ribs don't know when he is going to be coming back Andy Dalton would step in if that's the case and also yesterday Tennessee Titans wide receiver AJ Brown took a hard shot on the sidelines from Desmond King x-rays were negative on his ribs he didn't come back into the game we'll see what he means going forward because the Titans have the Patriots this weekend. All right, that's your show. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.